This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about here tonight. Your calls are primary if you make them. Um, but nobody's on the line because it's the start of the show, so we'll talk about what we want in the meantime. And something that I want to discuss happened this morning here in beautiful Keene, New Hampshire, from where we produced this program at the not-so-beautiful Keene District Court. Now, as you know, if you've been listening over the past few weeks, there was a an activist opportunity today that went on at Keene District Court. Of course, as you know, if you listen to the show, there are hundreds and soon to be thousands of liberty-loving people all moving into New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. So a number of those people, and as well as uh, liberty-loving New Hampshire natives like yourself, Nick, uh, showed up today at Keene District Court to support uh, a number of activists, actually. It was a mul- again, it was a, uh, a multiple opportunity for, uh, for activists. There was... So there were two arraignments today. There was one for Andrew Carroll, who was the brave 18-year-old young man. Maybe he's 19 by now, but very young gentleman who'd moved here from California as part of the Free State Project and recently possessed, in early January, possessed marijuana in public. He was being brought up on charges there, a Class B He doesn't smoke marijuana. He just did it to prove how ludicrous it is holding a plant in your hand. And he did a fine job. Uh, they arrested him for it. He was arraigned today. He pled not guilty. Mike Barsky, who is another activist who moved from California, had also an arraignment today. He did, I forget exactly what he said to the judge. He didn't really give the judge a not guilty or guilty response. Was I forget exactly what it was. But essentially the judge put in a plea of not guilty for him. And then Mike Barsky, as he walked away, he had left a piece of paper or they had left some sort of summons or whatever for him up there and they said, oh, this is your this is your copy of this. And he turned around, t- took it, and then as he walks away, he crumples it up in his hands and <laughs> shoves it into his pocket. That was a nice moment. Uh, so that was going on today, and so those guys' trial is now scheduled for, for May 1st. So th- that continues. Mike Barsky being charged, by the way, with organizing an event without, uh, essentially assembly without a permit. So even though you've got that pesky constitution and the freedom to assemble, that didn't stop the cops from arresting uh, or from rather ticketing him and summoning him to court and destroying, you know, taking away his freedom to choose what he wanted to do this morning. Uh, He had to be at Keene District Court because if he didn't show up, then he'd get a failure to appear and men with guns might come to his house and force him to show up. I can't imagine that they wouldn't. So, uh, so that was, those were the original two reasons to have activists turn out this morning to show support for both Mike and uh, for, uh, for Andrew. Andrew. But there was an additional reason, because Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com also turned up this morning, and the court people certainly knew he was going to be there. Dave Ridley wrote them a letter a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. He wrote a letter to both the Keene District Court. He also, I think, cc'd the local newspaper, the Keene Sentinel, and we posted it up on uh, the Free Keene blog, FreeKeene.com. Sentinel come. No, but WKBK, the look, our local affiliate in Keene, did show up. I'll tell you what happened to them in a moment. Uh, but Dave's intent today was to violate the court's draconian ban on cameras. Now, just to set the stage here, New Hampshire, there's certain rules for their court. And one of those rules, I think it's Rule 1.4a, says essentially that the 
court must allow cameras in unless there's some sort of specific citable reason to disallow them. You know, like a like a, in a child abuse case, if a child is going to be testifying, you need to keep that that child anonymous, that kind of thing. That's that was the intent behind the idea that they could restrict cameras in some very limited circumstances. But they needed to have a they need to have a supposedly need to have a, a justifiable reason or something like that. Obviously I don't have the exact their exact rules in front of me and nor would it matter if I did, because they are not following their right. rules one iota. <laughs> their rules are whatever they say they are. And that's exactly what's going on. The judge is essentially legislating from the bench and he is saying, well this is what's going to be here going on here and this is what's going to happen and then his his men, the bailiffs, will carry out whatever it is the judge says. So the judge has said that there are to be no cameras in court. In fact, the judge has now gone so far as to define court as to mean the entire the second floor of the building. And in fact, they even Which allege, includes a lot of other city offices, as I recall. It certainly includes the lobby, and it includes the stairwell. And one of the bailiffs actually made the allegation today and then said something different later. But he made the allegation that the court actually had control over the back door of the building as well. So the, you know, like the entire back area of the building, not even the second floor area, just <laughs> leaving the building. You can't be in that area. So there were a lot of people that turned out. There were about at least 20, maybe even 25 activists that showed up this morning. Bright and early, by the way. We're talking about 8 in the morning, 8.30. The tyrants get up early. And so Dave Ridley had informed the the court in advance that he planned on coming into that courtroom with his camera, and he planned on recording these arraignments. And if they wanted to arrest him over it, well, that was their business. So he was going to come there this morning and do that. Now, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com has also recently acquired himself. Actually, he doesn't have it now because it got confiscated. But he recently had acquired for himself a video camera that has the ability to upload to stream to the internet. So today was the first day, I believe, that Quick.com came in some real handy for the activists up here in New Hampshire. And I wish they were a sponsor or something because they've certainly been getting, uh, been getting a lot of plugs. And it's well-deserved. The, uh, the concept is brilliant. It was... It's about time that something like Quick.com is available, and, I, and there are already competitors entering the marketplace uh, to compete with Quick.com. Quick.com is a website that allows people with mobile devices, Blackberries, iPhones, various other smartphone devices, mobile devices with Internet access, to stream video instantly, well, virtually instantly, to the Internet. So as long as you've got a cell phone signal, and in some cases a Wi-Fi signal, depending on what kind of phone you have, but as long as you have some sort of usable signal, this phone will stream out video to the Internet. And it's that tool that is going to change the face of activism. You can see what that's going to be like right now if you go to freekeen.com. The video that Dave shot of his own arrest is on the front page of that website. And so that's what happened, of course. Dave went into the lobby. He never even made it into the courtroom. He was in the lobby out in front of you know the, the court where people stand and they, get, they gather and they fill out paperwork. It's a public area, very clearly a public building in this supposedly free country where there's supposed to be freedom of the press. Dave Ridley was arrested for using his video camera. That's what happened this morning. But that's not all. The story doesn't end there. Actually, before Dave Ridley was arrested, I mentioned that WKBK, our local affiliate here in Keene, WKBK has a news department. 
And they sent out a newsman because, again, this this was publicized in advance. Uh, it was publicized on the free key news release list, so it went out to all the local news media. And WKBK sent their news guy, Brad Ryder, to cover this event as a credentialed member of the media, right? Because that was one of the issues we encountered at another court in Milford, New Hampshire, where they said, well, you're not the media. That's what they told me. <laughs> you're not the media. I, I've got a, a radio show on 45 stations nationwide, coast to coast. I'm not the media. Whatever. What the hell does one need to be to be the media? media? So today, I don't know what they told Brad because I didn't have a chance to really have a, a chat with him afterwards. There was a lot going on. But I do know that they refused to allow him in the courtroom. This is an established radio station. This is the talk radio station of Been record. station in this town longer than, longer than yeah. the guy um, who uh, didn't let him in has been alive. Probably true. So this is the station of record for Keene, New Hampshire. This is the local talk radio station. And their newsman was denied entry. Excuse me. He was denied entry with a video camera. So he was able to come in by himself, just like every other regular person that was going in there today. But no cameras were allowed today in old Judge Burke's court, Keene District Court. And Dave Ridley was arrested for it and charged with... Disorderly conduct. Disorderly conduct. It's a catch-all charge. And it's their use, favorite. They use it when they don't really have a case, but it's enough to get you locked up for a little while. I don't know how... Uh, I, I think they definitely shackled Dave. Uh, I don't know if they actually threw him in a cage. He wasn't, he wasn't in their possession for very long. They did release him, I would say, about an hour and a half, an hour later. And we can continue this. If you are one of the activists that was on the scene and you'd like to comment on this, because there, there was a lot going on this morning... And it was just crazy. 800-259-9231. But I would say activist history was made this morning by Dave Ridley. And you can see his video footage of his own arrest at freekeen.com. More's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. And you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. By the way, features including the bulletin board system, over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about and serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Uh, also, want to invite you to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's not too late. It starts Thursday, and it goes all weekend long. So if you're going to be in the New England area and you can make it up to Nashua, New Hampshire, it'll be worth your while to stop in at the Crown Plaza Hotel and see what's happening, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, Friday. There's stuff going on all day long. The Sunday uh, festivities are extended this year. Normally, it wraps up around noon. It's going to be wrapping up at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon this time around with Stefan Molnieu being the closing speaker. Also featured uh, speakers include... Dr. Mary Ruard, you may know her from Healing Our World. Excellent book. Highly recommended on this show. In addition to her, Richard Heller is going to be there from the Heller versus D.C. gun case uh, that appeared in the Supreme Court in 2008. You might have heard of it. He's going to be one of the other keynote speakers. And so many other speakers like Glenn Jacobs from the WWE. You may know Ms. Kane. It's going to be a great event. Really looking forward to it. And I haven't gotten anything done this week as far as work. So it's like it's almost like a, a vacation week for me because the Liberty Forum is just so much fun. I think it's one of the, uh, the highlights of the year up here in New Hampshire. And of course, it's put on by the Free State Project. We're going to be broadcasting live. Live from there. 
So we look forward to doing that and seeing you. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum to get more information about the event, where and when, schedule, that sort of thing. As far as getting tickets, you're just going to have to show up at the door at this point. It's too late to buy online. So just show up and meet all these, uh, meet hundreds of these liberty-loving people. People like Dave Ridley. Uh, Dave Ridley, who is not in jail. I did not, I guess, get that point out today. Uh, we were talking about some of the activism that was going on here. So, again, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. We'll see you this weekend. So was talk, uh, telling a story about what went down this morning at Keene District Court as Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com was arrested for shooting video in the lobby of the, court, of the courthouse. <laughs> I mean, it's, who could look at this story and honestly say, look you in the eye and honestly say, yeah, there's freedom of the press in America. Who could look at this story and say that? I don't know. And it's not just Dave Ridley. This is not an isolated occurrence. They've been I guess they could say that Dave Ridley isn't really the press. Dave Ridley has himself a YouTube channel, and people look at the YouTube channel. I don't know. They'd they, like I, to I define have, the press as... I, I could have a YouTube channel myself and, you know... Like, you're the press. If one, person watches, on if one person watches it, you're the press. Well, that's your definition. That's perhaps not the person who would They're say have that the this is freedom, freedom, of de- um, freedom of the press. That sure. person would say that. I, I understand where you're coming from, Mark. It's their system. They set the rules. They break the rules. And they set the. They can set whatever rules they want to. They can determine. But they just told. But they did tell the uh, people from WKBK and you that you couldn't uh, have video cameras in there. I mean, you have to be legitimately the press. Maybe they have to be. Maybe CNN and Fox News are the only press in in their minds. Who knows how they're defining things? But come on, we all know that anybody can be the press because. How does one become the press? You just start putting out newspapers or radio or television or, in this case, the Internet, blog posts and YouTube. So, obviously, our definitions differ, but I'm asking you, by your definition, you the listener, can you really say that there's freedom of the press? Now, remember, it's not just Dave Ridley, because there have been people all around the country, cameramen, like there was a story down in Miami, a cameraman was arrested because he wouldn't cross the street at a police officer's demand. He was on a public sidewalk in front of a government-run school. He has no reason to cross the street. I know we also saw with the Democratic and Republican National Conventions in Denver and St. Paul, you were seeing people getting arrested for covering the protests there. People, I think people from the Washington Post, I, I don't remember the exact Democracy newspapers... Now. D- democracy now but there there were an abc guy got yeah there were too. abc i mean it was the heavy hitters of media i yep. mean the the major three networks had people getting arrested the big newspapers in this country had people getting arrested so you can't really make the argument that they're not the press you certainly can't say that they're free to film what's going on nope. in the public space so it's kind of hard to argue that they did have freedom of the press so they arrested dave ridley this morning And that was kind of what Dave expected to happen, because, again, this is a very draconian situation up here where they are cracking down on essentially citizen journalists, basically. Uh, They're cracking down on everybody, even the the local radio station. So they let him out. And then uh, I guess his his trial is scheduled. Rather, it's probably an arraignment. His arraignment is scheduled for, I think, mid-April. So a couple weeks into April, we're all going to go back in there. And it's going to keep going, and who knows what will happen here. Maybe like some of the other disorderly conduct charges that were leveled against some activists recently, maybe they'll just say time served when the trial actually comes up, and then that'll be the end of that. So they'll just waste a bunch of everybody's time, including their own, by the way. And so 
it, it was an amazing day. Do, do, do you know if WKBK will be covering it? Because it sounds like they at least got to see what was going on there. And I, I imagine Brad will cover the story. Because I, I know that certainly there are some people who are going to be predisposed to take the court side on this. And if it's on, say, freeteen.com or Free Talk Live, mm-hmm. they're, they're probably not going to trust the account. But I think people view WKBK as the major radio station in the area. I think they're going to view that as a kind of a neutral news source. So if they're there reporting on the fact that, yeah, it happened that way, that would be a good thing, I think. I expect he turned that into a report. Again, I haven't had a chance to actually meet up with Brad, Brad Ryder from WKBK. Uh, so let's see, what else did I need to cover from today before we continue here and uh, take, jump into your phone calls? Oh, the police presence. So Dave Ridley had sent this letter to the court in advance announcing his intentions. And four windbreaker-wearing keen police officers came into the court this morning prior to Dave's uh, going upstairs. In, so that's four keen cops in addition to the at least three bailiffs that I saw. There may have been four bailiffs. So seven, at least seven law enforcement officers were on the scene this morning to deal with whatever activist shenanigans might have uh, popped up there in the uh, the Keen District Court building. Nobody else really decided to push it today. It was only Dave that was willing to be arrested. But there certainly is some talk going on, uh, buzzing about the activists as far as what's going to be the next step here. Will this expand out from here? Will there be more for instance, at Dale's, or Dave's trial or his arraignment, will there be more video camera civil disobedience at that point? Indeed, the director of the local public access station, Lee, who has called this show a couple of times, is pretty incensed about all this. And he's talking about writing a letter to the judge and to the clerk and to people looking for answers. He was in there today. He was actually up there with us today. And he was talking with one of the bailiffs. And the bailiffs, of course, are making the allegation that we control this area here, right? The lobby and the court. And and you must do as we say or else. And so Lee was saying, well, where does your line of demarcation end? How far away do I need to be before I can start using my video camera? Where is the line? There must be a line. Where is it? Is it in my house? Oh, no, of course not. We can't do anything in your house. Well, is it halfway between my house and the court? Well, you certainly have the right to shoot the video or the video of the scenery. Uh, and so Lee was basically you know, trying to break it down. Where is this line? And they actually ended up claiming that the parking garage or the parking lot or the back of the building was also part of the Keene District Court. And then later they claimed something completely different. I mean, make it's crap just, up. That's not the just, district court, though. I mean, the clerk's office is there. The driver's license office is they there. Just There's all make kinds it up. of stuff there. They just make it up. So as this continues to develop, we'll bring you the latest. More on the way. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. 
Again, freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com, SACL CAI. So we are going to jump right into your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's talk to Marcus in New Jersey. Marcus, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing all you guys this weekend up at the uh, the, uh, Liberty Forum. Excellent, Uh, as, uh, as are we, Marcus. So what's up? Um, I just want to give a suggestion to maybe some of the listeners of uh, a series of questions that I use to introduce the idea of liberty to people that might not be uh, really knowing anything about it. Um, okay. And sometimes I'll start off and I'll say, uh, put this idea in their head, that's very easy. I'll say, um, uh, imagine that you live in a small town of a few hundred or a few thousand people, and some of the people I know do live in those towns. Uh, and I say, imagine you want to make a change in that town. Um, you know, could you see yourself? I ask them to put themselves in that situation. Could you see yourself uh, maybe gathering a few uh, friends and family members and uh, go into the town and, and making a change? Um, and, and what do you think that they would say? Oh, I suppose it seems likely. Interlopers. Wait, right. who would oh, say? Would you go the, the to town. the town or would you be in the town? Well, yeah, no, I'm saying if, if you lived in this small town, okay. could you see yourself you making there. a change? doesn't seem impossible. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's usually the, uh, the response I get. And then I say, well, now put yourself in New York City. And imagine you gather your same couple friends and family members up and you want to go make a change. How likely is it that you're going to make that change? Infinitesimal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's exactly the response that I always get from the people. And then I say, okay. Well, now think of the federal government, and what is mm. your chance of making any change there? And at this point, of course, they get it, and then I, yeah. from there, go on about you know how the federal government is just too big. That's brilliant. I love it. Well, thank you. <laughs> Anything else, gents? Uh, you guys have any comments? I, I mean, it's it's a good argument. It illustrates the argument for decentralizing, mm-hmm. um, and it certainly shows how the individual or a small group of individuals has a lot more representation. They can get a government that or whatever that better reflects what they want. So it's a, it's a good way to illustrate it to people because if you're just saying that decentralism is better and you'll have more representation, I don't know if you, if just saying that will get them to realize exactly how true it is. Well done, sir. Any other thoughts right. for us? Um, just if anybody wants to see me before they see me at the uh, Liberty Forum, they can check me out uh, at Nothing Project, and they can find my link on your website. Ah, yes, the one-man rock band. That's it. Very I good. just went to that website uh, yesterday or the day before just uh-huh. to kind of check things out. Cool. There's a little music playing. Yep. Right Thanks, Marcus. Have a great night and see you this weekend. 800-259-9231. So again, meet great people like Marcus and all kinds of hundreds of other liberty-loving individuals up here in New Hampshire over the weekend. It's really just going to be an amazing event again, as it has always been. And it just keeps getting better as more people continue to move here to New Hampshire. Things are going to change. Yes, I know it looks bad. I know it looks dreary with this crackdown on video cameras in courtrooms and various other attacks on activists, but they are so 
pathetic. They're so desperate. They're so scared. These government well, guys. And the activists here largely have put them in, in a position where they're going to be confrontational. Which is, I mean, basically you're trying to take on the court as much as possible and call its powers into question as much as possible. And having this happen allows you to do that. So it's, right. it's not the like they're doing this to, like, they didn't just do this out of the blue. They were sort of poked. I mean, there was an effort made to see how far they could be pushed, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. And that's what needs to happen. This activism is great, and we look forward to having more people being involved with it. We continue with your calls and talk to Jerry in Michigan. Jerry, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nick, and Mark. Thank you for taking my call. It's on your mind, Jerry. Good program this evening. Um, Mine's very short. I have just a uh, a little information that every activist should have, I'm sure. Uh, I was on the Internet, and I came across a form, paper form, that uh, is titled Public Servant Questionnaire. And uh, what it is is a uh, about a twenty po- uh, twenty point questions, and uh, the uh, law. Let's see, the Act of uh, let me have it right here, Privacy Act of nineteen seventy four, Public Law ninety three fifty seven nine, empowers citizens to require full written disclosure from a government official who seeks information. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if if you want to pull this up on the internet, all you got to do is put in public servant questionnaire. So what is this and, all about? I'm a little confused. Well, let's say that a public servant comes to your doorstep. Maybe you've irritated him or something, and it's a questionnaire of about 20 questions. And each question uh, is uh, followed by a USC code number or a statute statute law number, and uh, you don't have to speak to a public servant unless he has a uh, warrant for your arrest or... Uh, oh, uh, you still don't have to speak with him. <laughs> right. And what this does, it, it dissuades the uh, anyone that uh, that would come to your door because there, these, tw- these 20 questions are very, you know, very potent questions. And uh, I was on another radio show and happened to catch this, and... Uh, they uh, they spent about a, a half an hour on this uh, paper, and uh, what you do is you present it to the the uh, officer, uh, any public servant. It doesn't matter. It could be anything from a dog catcher to an IRS agent, and uh, you just let them know that as soon as they fill this out, you'd be glad to uh, you know converse with them. Uh, I would just suggest pulling it up. In fact, I'd, I'd suggest that you, after you, you pull it up and take a look, you might want to, you might want to place it on your website. It's an interesting idea. It's I'm looking at it here, and it says it only applies to federal agencies. Is that well? Your when understanding? you when you when you look at it in the long in the big picture, if it applies to the federal agency, it's almost going to apply for to. Uh, state and uh, local agents. Because most of the state governments and local governments take money from the feds? Uh, probably so. But And likely um, the, the, the public servant that you're talking to doesn't have the foggiest clue what the laws are anyway, because who oh, could no. possibly know? that you even know anything like this. And then, it's just scary. Yeah. yeah. And usually what the, there, there's a bunch, uh, there's a whole lot of uh, the uh, public servant questionnaire uh, <laughs> titles uh, when you do go ahead and pull it up from a from a search engine and i would suggest that everybody looks at more than just one because some of them don't say the uh 
USC codes after each question. Yeah, I'm looking at one here uh, on scribd.com where it says, now question number one, just to give you an idea of what it is you're telling, telling people here. Question number one, will public servant uphold the Constitution, after a bunch of questions about their driver's license number, badge number, ID number, residence address, office mail, supervisor's name, employing agency, all kinds of info for them to fill in. And you know government bureaucrats love forms, so this should be right up their alley. Uh, number one, will, I love this so far at least, I haven't read the whole thing, but will well, public like will public servant uphold the Constitution Constitution of the United States of America. Check yes or no. <laughs> As required by the USA and state constitution and law. Number two, will public servant furnish a copy of the law or regulation which authorizes this investigation? Will public servant read aloud the portion of the law allowing questions, or excuse me, rather authorizing the questions that public servant will ask? What prerogative does citizen have in giving answers to public servant questions? Number five. And you could probably go in there and change those, too. You could probably just go in and add your own questions in well, there. Some of them that the, that the, that the uh, USC code uh, doesn't uh, cover, yes. There, there are a few in there without a code on some of them. Uh, and uh, at the bottom, it's something about the, you know, they're swearing to the, all this information. So if they don't do one of these after they've said that they would, then you would have recourse, I would say. I like number seven. Does public servant reasonably anticipate that any information sought or collected in this investigation will form the basis of or lead to criminal action? against citizen or any other entity. Hey, I would, I'd like to thank you, Jerry, for pointing that out. I'm sure a number of our listeners will appreciate that one. Maybe you want to print some out and post it by your front door so you can have one at the ready to hand to any bureaucrat that might show up in the, with the intent to harass you. Hey, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You can chime in here, bring up whatever you want. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. It's the place to go. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is that you need to buy, Free Talk Live, or rather Amazon, has it in Free Talk Live. We'll get a cut. Enter through amazon.freetalklive.com as we continue here taking your phone calls, unscreened call on the amp line. Who's this? This is Blue from Memphis. Blue, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Yes. Um, I'm a uh, marijuana legalization activist. Great. Um, kind of uh, on the Internet. Now, Dave is my uh, media. Um, he's how I get news out of New Hampshire. Dave There's Ridley no from RidleyReport.com. I'm sorry, I was uh, just oh, bringing I... our listeners up to speed. You're referring to a man who was arrested today for for videotaping in the lobby of a courthouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was just incensed at his arrest because um, he's probably the only one uh, of, um, of all of the uh, journalists, uh, the uh, new media journalists, that post updates every day. And mm-hmm. he's also the only one that posts video nearly every day. There's no question in my mind that he's a journalist. And, Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I don't know how I would do this, how I'd go about filing maybe a friend of the court um, brief uh, um, to let the uh, district court there in Keene know that there are other people besides the um, just the people that show up in the courtroom that need the news that uh, Dave... Ridley I don't think they out. care. 
Yeah, that's, that would be where I'd come in. But you are certainly welcome to uh, write a letter to the uh, Keene Circuit Court or District, District Court. I would send certified mail if I were going to do something like that, just so that you can verify that they at least received the mail. Oh, yeah. Um, certified return receipt requested from, mm-hmm. the, um, yeah. from, the, from the post office. Um, I'm yeah, sure they'd be happy I, to I'm take re- your... Really your over this. Right, I was going to say, I'm sure they'd be happy to take your letter and place it into a file. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no kidding. And um, I, I've also heard a lot, um, some pushback from other um, um, marijuana legalization activists that, um, that uh, Andrew Carroll and, um, and Dave aren't real activists because they don't solely focus on the marijuana issue. And what I've told these people is um, it's not about the plant. This, this this whole issue isn't about a plant. It's about freedom. Yep. And it's about the freedom to, of choice and the freedom to do with our bodies what we want to. And if somebody else is telling me what to do with my body, that makes me a slave. There's no doubt about that. I'm surprised that there are people you're, – you're, you're having activists tell you that they don't appreciate what Dave Ridley and Andrew Carroll have done? Yeah, that, that, well, you know, they're, they're um, liberal, single-issue activists that would much rather just have marijuana legalization uh, happen so that they can – I, I don't know. Go back to their dorm room and yeah, so they can so they can get high and not have to feel paranoid, I guess. And then that'll be the uh, end of yeah, their activism. I, yeah, yeah, that that's it. But yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Well, thank goodness but we don't have fair weather activists like that, one-issue activists moving up here. We've got hundreds of people moving here who care about multiple things. And even if they are focused on one issue, they're willing to get active in other ways with other things. It's not going to be their full-time deal. It's not going to be the focus of their activism. But if one of their activist friends who is active in another area is in trouble, these guys will come out. And they'll support him or her. Yeah. I, I got one more thing for yes, you. Blue. Nice. Thanks for the call. Enjoy yeah. that. 800-259-9231. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you can bring up whatever you want. You know, uh, since we're talking about government out of control, which tends to be what government does, let's go to the story about the 15-year-old girl. Mark, I believe you have this for us. Uh, the, and the I, cop. I, I can't, the CO. It would, it would surprise me if uh, our listeners haven't already heard this story of the uh, the King County deputy that just... Beat the dog crap out of this little girl for, uh, I guess, being petulant was would be sort of the uh, the reason. As someone might be if they were being locked in a jail. So, yeah, this is a follow up story that I've got. But uh, essentially, this girl, 15, uh, was somehow connected. I guess she was in the passenger side of her mother's car that was reported stolen, and she was brought in. So a joyride. They yeah. took mommy's car and went for a joyride. Right. So um, Common I guess, teenage activity. I guess the police officer uh, who was in the jail asked her to, you know, told her to take her shoes off when they mm-hmm. put her in, and she had her little arms crossed in a very petulant manner. Very pouty, very 15. And she sort of kicked her shoes off in his direction. It was video. This isn't the way it was written. I looked at it. These shoes didn't go flying at his face or anything no, like they, that. No, I would say one of the. It was only one shoe, and it hit his, sh- his shin. It bounced off his shin. Mm. And so uh, he just 
you know, just tackled her, threw her into the corner and began to pound on her. And this other deputy did essentially followed up. I mean, he didn't do any pounding, but he was, you know, it was obvious. He didn't stop him. No, I mean, it was obvious uh, which side he was on. I mean, I've seen the video and they, she started on the very edge of the cell at the doorway to the cell. Yeah. And it wasn't like he just tackled her there. He actually pushed her all the way across the cell and into the wall and then started throwing her to the ground yeah. and then he got a couple headshots in there as well and on then, the wall and then he threw did you the see the part where he picks her up by her hair there was one video that didn't show it no, but another one when she's on the ground after he's done beating her and handcuffing her he grabs her by the hair and lifts her from the ground by only her hair crazy well, following up here, King County deputy is charged with fourth-degree assault and teen girl. That's the lowest <laughs> assault. Right. I, I think that that's sneezing in that's someone's like, direction. That's like slapping someone or spitting at them. Right. Yeah. What would you get if you wall- if you just right. walloped a cop? If he did something uh, that I didn't like or that was illegal or whatever, and I just grabbed him and threw him 12 or 14 feet into the mm-hmm. wall, oh, even if banged you... his head around <laughs> and then bashed him a few times. You'd get attempted murder, my friend. Uh, right. On a Leo. And that I, I'd go to prison for 10 years for that crap. Yeah, even if you just put your hand on a cop without trying to assault them, mm-hmm. you can you'll get first degree assault most likely. Following an investigation initiated by his own department, a 31-year-old King County Sheriff's de- deputy was charged Thursday with fourth degree assault, accused of physically assaulting a 15-year-old girl in a holding cell in November. Justice fast. Zoom. <laughs> Ruma zoom zoom. They oh, yeah. really got him. Now it was there. He's in, on paid leave in, too. In King County's defense, <laughs> this is their video that they released, and they finally That's came true. came uh, you know good on this. But it's been four months, mm-hmm. and then they charge him with fourth degree assault. Authorities say the incident was caught on camera. I saw it. The King County prosecutors charged Deputy Paul. Sheen with the crime, a gross misdemeanor that carries a maximum penalty of one year in jail. King County Senior Deputy Prosecutor Gary Ensdorf requested bail be set at $10,000. Sheen, an eight-year veteran, was placed on paid administrative leave in early December after the sheriff's office assigned a detective um, from a work site other than his own to investigate. Sheen is slated to be uh, arraigned on February the 26th in King County Courthouse. So they they aren't giving the girl's name because in fact she is a uh, a minor, but I'd like to point out that Sheen was last in the news in 2006 after he fatally shot a mentally ill man during oh a gosh. struggle after a traffic stop on Interstate Five. He wow! Shot the uh, shot the suspect Pedro Yo who attacked him during traffic stop. That's what he says. That's what the cop said. Given that, his definition of attack, yeah, right, <laughs> right. He had a, a shoe hit his shin apparently, and. Uh, Yo had run back to his car, disobeyed Sheen's orders to stop. Remember, he's crazy. Sheen said that Yo reached for something in the seat. Now, was that the attack? Maybe. So he fired oh 11 gosh. times oh my after he ran back to his car. An inquest jury found Sheen's shooting was justified. Where was he standing when he fired 11 rounds? You know, I don't know. I assume that if the the suspect ran towards uh, to his car, he probably followed to some extent. The suspect reached for something, and one he can shot assume him he was times. within twenty feet. Yeah, sounds like it. He he hit the sus the the person pulled over 20, times? 11 times. Does it say or it says he fired eleven times? Hmm. Either he's a really bad shot, which he shouldn't be employed by the cops then, or he was trying to kill someone. Yeah, he was wiping him out. So, wow. Uh, you know, this is 
<laughs> it does. Was this shooting justified? Well, apparently, according to an inquest jury, they say yes. So, you know, it really, you know, you see video like this. Finally, the video video comes out of, you know, how this guy acts in the line of mm-hmm. duty. Fourth degree yep. assault charges. Yeah. You know, he should probably be doing a life sentence. Maybe I mean, he should be doing time for murder, most likely. One can assume that it was an unjustified shooting the you first think they'll, time. They'll let him plea out and, like, give him, you know, 30 days probation or something like that. I wonder where this is going to end up. I hope somebody will keep us informed on this one. 800-259-9231. The outrageous police state insanity continues. What are you going to do about it? Hour two's coming up. If you can answer that question, 800-259-9231 or bring up anything. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp. FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching here in hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at FreeTalkLive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is FreeTalkLive.com. As we continue here, your phone calls are the primary element. Otherwise, we talk about things interesting to us. And coming up, we've got an Amish update for you. Well, actually, another Amish tyranny story. We'll we'll get to that. Uh, But first, I have to say I'm pretty surprised. Like, the news media is actually picking up on tomorrow morning's protest or tomorrow morning's rally before it actually happened. HCR 6, House Concurrent Resolution 6 here in New Hampshire? Yes, uh, there's going to what is supposed to be a fairly large turnout of activists tomorrow morning in Concord. We started talking about some of the activism that happened in Keene this morning, earlier in the show. And tomorrow morning is going to be even bigger, where hundreds are expected to show up. I know that there are a number of people carpooling from the Keene area, people carpooling from over in the Seacoast, some people coming even from Massachusetts and surrounding areas to attend this. Uh, this what is essentially, I guess, the House, the State House is going to be voting on is a resolution. That does what, Mark? How would you describe this? Well, um, it, it draws a line in the sand. It tells the, you know, the federal government if you further violate, uh, you know, the ninth and tenth amendments, uh, having to do with, uh, I think, uh, abortion and uh, guns, and you know, they list a few different things. Uh, I think it's seven or eight different uh, points that if uh, if you further infringe on the states' rights in those areas, if, if states do have rights, the powers of the state in that area then uh, we're going to sever our ties. Yeah, I mean, you could put the argument another way, is that the federal government has effectively nullified the Constitution, not so much that the state is going to do this if they do this or this or this. So by not following it. It's that the federal government, by not following the Constitution, has essentially voided the document. So I, what I'm surprised about is that it's actually getting attention before it's occurred, and I think that's that bodes well for the uh, the event tomorrow morning. I mean, we're going to be getting up early to head out to this thing. It starts bright and early at 8 a.m. in Concord, so if you're in the area, you should definitely come out for it. But here's a story from the Associated Press just to see what they have to say about it. 
For small government diehards, the $787 billion economic stimulus bill passed recently by Congress isn't a lifesaver. It's the last straw. Lawmakers across the country are sponsoring resolutions, most of them only symbolic, asserting state sovereignty, in effect the right to ignore any federal law or policies they deem unconstitutional, including the stimulus bill, No Child Left Behind Act, and any new assault rifle ban. In New Hampshire, the House is scheduled to vote on Republican State Representative Daniel Itz's resolution on Wednesday. Supporters are planning a rally at the State House before the vote. Itz has said, I think that the specter of some assaults on our liberty have become so real and immediate that there is a reaction. Lawmakers in at least 15 states are sponsoring similar resolutions. They say they're fighting back against decades of federal overreach culminating in the stimulus package. This has been a progression from the New Deal days to today, with the only break being Ronald Reagan, which, of course, is total nonsense, according to some state rep in South Carolina. Ronald Reagan drastically increased the size of the government by something like 69% in his two terms in office. So that's just a Republican myth that he was in any way small government. Nonetheless, he uh, talked that way. Yep. uh, He says that the stimulus bill is the propellant for the resistance And in January, 22% of those surveyed by the Pew Research Center disapproved of the stimulus. That number rose to 34% in February. The survey, which polled about 1,300 respondents, had a uh, sampling margin of error of 3%. Two lawmakers say they've received hundreds of calls from constituents supporting their resolutions. A Michigan state representative said about 250 people have called or emailed to say thank you, whereas most of his bills draw fewer than 10 contacts from constituents. Missouri Republican so-and-so whose resolution is pending in the House said she has received at least 200 supportive messages from constituents and residents in other states. So a lot of people are backing this one up. And, of course, that didn't help very much in the case of the first stimulus. There were all kinds of people that said, hey, we don't want this. And they went ahead and put it through anyway. So just because they're getting response doesn't necessarily mean anything's going to happen. But nonetheless, they cite the Tenth Amendment, which says the federal government has no authority beyond the powers granted to it under the Constitution. Several governors have threatened to reject some of the stimulus money, claiming it would raise taxes in their states. Some analysts see the revolt as partisan posturing, which that's probably part, that's partially true. In, yeah. in many states, I think the bill in New Hampshire was written in such a way that it's pretty clear that it's dealing with the actual issues of constitutionality and federalism. But in many of the states, I think it probably is a, a partisan move by Republicans to make sort of a symbolic gesture. Absolutely. It's it's going to be a, it's part of the siren song that we were talking about last night. The, the Republicans are trying to sound like they're small government again, which is what they always try to do. And they're expecting the American people to do what they normally do and forget exactly what they've been doing, the, the Republicans, that is, and that is drastically increasing if the If they're state. doing the right thing for the wrong reasons, I think that's better than them not acting at all. I agree with you. I think it's a step in the right direction, even though it is just a resolution and it doesn't actually mean anything's going to change. It's just kind of, a sim- again, a symbolic gesture. Even the most well-written one, which I believe is New Hampshire's. So according to the story, uh, I'm skipping down a bit here, New Hampshire's ITSA has ties to the Free State Project. So the Free State Project, getting a mention in the Associated Press article. No, that's a smear, I'm sorry. <laughs> which urges small government activists to move to New Hampshire. Many project members also belong to the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, a state's rights group listing ITSA as its political director. Calvin Pratt, who is uh, Project's spokesman, says anyone who's willing to stand up and make a statement like that is a special friend. I just wish we had thought of it first. 
Some in New Hampshire wish no one had thought of it. Richard Hess, professor emeritus or emeritus? emeritus emeritus of constitutional law at the Franklin Pierce Law Center in Concord said it's his resolution could strip authority from state leaders as well as from Congress and the president. When you think about this claim that if a state believes a federal law is unconstitutional, it can just ignore it, then I presume if a county believed a state law was unconstitutional, it could just ignore it. That's not exactly right, uh, because the fact is the Constitution was an agreement among states, sovereign, you know, so- sovereign ruling bodies, these states. The county, however, derives its power from the states. So if you, uh, you that's know, the, the organization. The, yes. Yeah, the, the organizational chart is the people of the state give the state its power. That state gives the federal government its power and the counties and municipalities within that state its power. So that's the way it's supposed to be. And this guy and this claims is, to be a constitutional law professor. Right. This, this guy clearly does not understand the Constitution or he is trying to uh, obscure, uh, you know, the, the probably truth the latter. So there you go. So a little bit of good news in advance of tomorrow's scheduled uh, rally and, and protest. And we'll see how things turn out. I think I think it'll largely hinge on how it's perceived by people on the Democratic side of the aisle, because if it's largely perceived as a partisan move against yes. the Obama administration, then it has a very slim chance of passing. I agree with if, you. And New Hampshire's uh, state house is Democratic controlled. Right. So if, if they're if they're weighing on its merits, I really think it's up in the air because. Some good things have come out of the New Hampshire State House. That certainly was the case with the Real ID Act. Um, they, so, I mean, they really did stand up to the federal government there. So That's true. They, you know, they have a history of. Of course, doing that was it. Bush. The Real ID thing was during the Bush term, and it was during the was. Bush term, but it passed by a pretty healthy margin with Republicans actually leading. I mean, I will. Dan, Dan Itza did lead some of the fight there too. That's true. So it was across the aisle. If this goes the same way, I think it has a decent chance. And that's what the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is planning on. They're planning on this to be very this event tomorrow morning to be very similar to an event that happened against the Real ID Act a few years ago, where hundreds of people showed up at the state house. And that's probably that. If anything pushes this over the edge, Nick, you're saying you know it's questionable slash definitely not going to happen if it's seen as partisan. But if it does, if something does push it over the edge, it's going to be this rally and the phone calls and the emails that have been made. Because if hundreds of people show up tomorrow morning and express their discontent with the federal government and their support of this HCR6, then the representatives are going to get that political message. They're going to get that loud and clear like, oh, well, if I don't vote for this, a lot of people are going to be angry at me. And we all know that politicians want to please as many people as they possibly can. They want everyone to like them. So there is a good possibility that if the crowd is is large enough and persuasive enough, that this might actually happen. I'm not getting my hopes up. You can't get your hopes up for this political stuff. But uh, if it happens, sure would be nice. You know, I think that it's as, uh, Dan it's is perceived as a guy who, you know, is sticks by the Constitution and not by a party. So I think that that will help. 800-259-9231. So exciting things happening up here in New Hampshire. Your calls about whatever you want if you make them. 1-800-259-9231. And you can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. 
And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, so enjoy those, including the updates. Get signed up, and we keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list for free. That's updates dot freetalklive.com as always a lot to discuss here including an Amish update from time to time we like to take you into the world of the Amish because well I happen to think they're just absolutely wonderful people now I don't really know what their religious beliefs are they're probably pretty like pretty strict they're pretty moralist kind of people but the one thing that's great about the Amish is they won't shove their morals down your throat they don't even believe in voting yeah, I mean, they completely are keep to themselves, very private people. They're great businessmen, uh, the ones that I've uh, encountered. And believe in quality work, from what I can tell. I got nothing bad. I've got nothing bad to say about the Amish. In fact, the reason why we talk about them as often as we do is because these poor folks just want to be left alone, and the government people refuse to do it. It's really not the, their job description to government. leave people alone. Yeah, they don't really do that. So here's what the latest story is. This one from the Tribune Democrat, tribune-democrat.com, Ebensburg. Cambria County prosecutors, or Cambria County prosecutors, are asking Judge Norman Krumenacker to impose sanctions against an Amish man who has failed to bring two school outhouses into compliance with municipal sewage regulations. School outhouses? Mm-hmm. This is Amish country. <laughs> I mean, the whole idea that anybody has an outhouse seems pretty bewildering to most Americans, but that's how these folks live. Hey, here in New Hampshire, they have them. Uh, they're grandfathered in if you have one from before, whenever they yeah, pass. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't make a new one, though. So that these rules wow. exist here, too. Well, apparently, well, if, there's, these... if there's an old one on your property, you can rebuild it, though, correct? I mean, you're just digging a hole, but yes, that's my understanding. Well, if you I mean, have a structure a... up, you can you can move it and dig a new hole. But well, if this, I mean, the, the structure can obviously wood doesn't last forever, so the, the hole gets full, Mark. It, you I'm have not to talking move about it. the hole, Nick. <laughs> I'm talking about the wood. I, but yeah, yeah. You can move it to keep using it as an outhouse. You I'm can not keep... asking you about moving it. I'm asking you about rebuilding it. Wood deteriorates. There are yes. deteriorating buildings on my property. My question to you is: Can I rebuild a currently existing outhouse? That's my understanding. Yes. Okay. You well, you can it. do whatever you want. You're yes. asking about the laws, right? I am asking. Yes. All right. So the story here is that the judge is, is has been asked to impose sanctions because they apparently haven't brought their outhouses up to spec. Andy Schwarzentruver, of Bar, that's the Amish guy, by the way, of Bar Township, member of an ultra-conservative Amish sect, owns the property on which the group's school and its two outhouses are located. Krumenacker, the judge, has warned Schwarzentruver that he faces a possible jail sentence of up to six months and the padlocking of the schoolhouse if the outhouses are not in compliance and if a fine and cost totaling about $1,600 are not paid. So, you will obey us, you will do as we say with what you thought was your property, and you'll pay us at least $1,600 for all your trouble. Plus whatever the hell it costs to actually upgrade these outhouses to code. And let's not forget that this uh, that this group of people, it's against their religion to use modern technology. Uh, they believe it to be of the devil or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so this outhouses are what they want to use. But because it's a school and they have rules on schools... They must have modern technology, so they must violate their religion. So this, so here we have a point where the uh, the law runs afoul of the Bill of Rights. 
So the story here says the judge will be holding a hearing on March 17th on imposing the sanctions. At a January hearing, Schwarzenegger told the Tribune Democrat that he's prepared to go to jail rather than violate his religious beliefs. I bet he is. And good for him. He, in my opinion, is a hero. Anybody that's willing to face the consequences of the, the evil totalitarian state and stand up for their beliefs, no matter how extreme they might be, no matter how silly their belief system might be. These Amish folk aren't out there carving up their children in the woodshed. They're just living their life the best way they believe they should live it. And they should be able to do so. He says, we go to jail and read our Bible. David Kaltenberg, chief deputy district attorney, filed a, per- a yeah, petition. Really, what's the word? This is an Amish guy, for God's sakes. He lives in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> he probably won't turn the light switch on in his cell. Well, he won't have a choice. Yeah, you didn't right. have light switches, did you? Yes. You did? I was in prison. Oh, wow. It's oh, nicer own, in prison. Own private light. Yeah. It's a real high class right That's there. That's cool, yeah, too. <laughs> so wait, so but there, there must have been a lights out time in which you could not have the lights on, right? Let me think. Um, I think, yeah, the, 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 okay. they, they had a master control for the lights. Otherwise, you could turn them on and off in your cell from uh, you know, 6, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Those are some nice accommodations. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> David Kaltenbog, chief deputy, uh, deputy district attorney, filed a petition Wednesday saying the judge's orders were not carried out. Executive director of the Sewage Enforcement Agency said in a sworn affidavit of the petition that... They have a sewage enforcement agency. That's right. That's great. They're not wasting our money said in a sworn affidavit with the petition that neither Schwarzenegger or anyone on his behalf has filed the required permit for sewage facilities. She said she observed the outhouses from a public road on Tuesday and could see no changes. The one-room schoolhouse appeared to be in use, and there were smoke coming from the chimney and footprints in the fresh snow leading to it. (laughs) Ha-ha! See, they're making their case to show that these Amish people are going about their daily lives. Who do they think they are? Just going and pooping in a shed. (laughs) <laughs> she said, uh, excuse me, the attorney said Thursday that he was not aware of any new developments in the sex position. The requirements are an infringement on their First Amendment rights to freedom of religion. However, the sect in the past months had been had made attempts to meet those requirements by installing 250-gallon concrete holding tanks. Those tanks, at one point in discussions, appeared to have been acceptable to the state, though smaller than the 1,000-gallon volume required by state law. But a final agreement was never worked out between the Amish and the municipal state officials. See, it's not good enough that they do something. They must do everything. It, and it sounds like, I mean, from a practical standpoint, if somebody is worried about this from a... From the health aspect, mm-hmm. if you're putting in holding tanks, a 250-gallon holding tank, what that amounts to is it, it, it holds up to 250 gallons, and then it starts overflowing into the ground. So mm-hmm. the issue isn't changed about whether or not they're essentially pooping into a hole in the ground, because <laughs> they are. It's just the state is going to dictate the details of the system by which they poop in a hole in the ground. Right. You must construct your hole in the manner that we say you must. The Amish also built new structures over the tanks to replace the outhouses that had been there in an attempt to satisfy municipal requirements. Schwarzenegger was convicted of summary offenses of violating municipal sewage laws in October by this very same judge that is now deciding whether or not uh, to impose sanctions, including a jail sentence, again, of up to six months and $1,600 fine. Still unresolved are two civil cases in which two Amish couples from the Schwarzenegger sect have been ordered to have their homes in compliance with building and sewage regulations or face eviction. So these government people, that it's 
They will just go after absolutely anybody who is non-compliant. And that's something that Dale from AnarchyInYourHead.com pointed out today, that really there's only one crime. As far as crimes against the state are concerned, obviously we're leaving out things like harming another person, crimes against the state. There's only one. It's disobedience. They have a bunch of different names for them, like, well, we're the soil and water board, or we're the, the poop board. It's really sick what they're doing to these people. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on this or whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free. So enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their website. We give ours away. Enjoy it, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show now with a new video validation option all over at shrine.freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a living will or trust, even register a trademark. Empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 on your order. LegalZoom.com. 1-800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls, and you can bring up anything. Let's talk to Officer Liberty in Minnesota on the amp line. Officer Liberty, you're on the air. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, first, uh, about these Amish people. I mean, um, so the government doesn't go tromping on Indian reservations, telling them how to do their thing. I mean, just leave the Amish alone. Why? They're not bugging anybody. They're just trying to do their thing like they've been doing for who knows how long. And, you know, it's not that they think technology's evil. It's just that they know their way of doing things, and technology is going to ruin that. Well, I don't know what their exact belief system is, but I'm with you. Certainly they should be left alone. But do you understand why it is the government can't do that? Well, it's because the government is a needy child that wants, you know, it's their way or the highway, and they're... You know, if they're not getting the attention that they want, they're going to get it. Well, it's more than that, in my opinion. Uh, Allow me to expound here. I believe that uh, the reason why the government, the number one reason why the government cannot just allow the Amish to go and live their lives the way they want to is because then everybody else would get it into their heads that they could do the same thing. If they allow one group of people to get away with building their houses how they want, squeezing the milk from their cows how they want, and doing things how they want, then other people might start thinking. Don't forget crapping in the shed. Yeah, other people might start getting ideas about how, huh, well, all they had to do was say that we have a religion, so let's make up our own religion and we'll do the same exact thing. They have to enforce their tyranny as equally as possible, with the exception of their you know, their politically connected friends and industry buddies. But for the most part, against the little people, they have to enforce the tyranny equally, else the little people will start getting ideas. And that so is let, very dangerous so just to just let state. everyone do what they want. You know, it's like... Because you do bring up a good point. If they start, if they say, "Okay, Amish, do what you want," then when the city guy comes to my house and says, "Oh, you got to do this and this and this, get this up to code, or else," I'm going to say, "Well, 
the Amish can do what they want. Why not, you know, leave me alone? And, of course, and that's the way like it should said, be. Then, that's, that's how it, yeah, should, it should, be. should be. But the problem is... Well, Officer Liberty, and to some extent, the problem is you, right? I mean, what would oh, you? Here we go. What would you? You're, you're here. I'm going to pick on you. Uh, what right, would you right. do if your chief ordered you to go and put a padlock on this Amish school because they wouldn't fix their outhouse up to uh, to city code? I, I'd probably tell them I got other stuff to do, and uh, uh, somebody else. Yeah, if that's true, if that's true, you you should be commended and you should be congratulated. <laughs> now, when do you actually start as a law enforcement officer? Because you were—I know the last week—I I don't—I haven't been keeping exactly tabs on you, but I remember there was at one point you were in training. Have you actually graduated at this point, or where are you at? Oh God, I wish. Uh, I've got about a year out before I'm okay. out on the street. So, so at this but, uh, point, you're you're a fanciful idealist, uh, mm-hmm. and and I think it's wonderful. Everybody has to have uh, what they they have to have in their mind what it is they're going to it's do. It's a good place to start from. Yeah, many people don't even have that, or I guess they don't have to have it because a lot of people don't. But they don't have any parameters. They don't have any b- real uh, defined belief systems. And I think it's good that you're going into this job where you will be told to do things that are unpleasant to you, to your belief system, and things that make you feel very uncomfortable. And so it's good that you're going into it with some idea of what it is you're willing to do and what it is you're willing to refuse to participate in. Well, and if and you, that's, and that's yes, the thing, because up here in Minnesota, we're the only state where you need a degree. So right now, I'm in college. I'm doing my thing. I do work for an agency. I'm not going to say which. So I, I do see how things work, and I know it's, always, it's not always that easy to just say no, you know, but... I do also know there are ways of doing and not doing what you believe in. Some cops are just too scared to. Some will actually take it as an excuse to be aggressive because we're all type A personalities. You know, and like this uh, King County guy that you guys were talking about, he's obviously just a loose cannon who said, what can I go into to beat people up and get away with it? And yeah, this sadly, is the guy that jacked a, a 15-year-old girl up against a wall, threw her to the floor, smashed her in the head a few times, and then grabbed her by the hair and lifted her up to her feet. Yeah, I watched the video, and it's, just, it's appalling. But sadly, that's the nature of the world that we live in. These people are going to get out there, and incidents like this are what make the news. It's not the guy that stopped the girl from jumping off a bridge. It's not the one who stopped the domestic assault. It, those guys don't make the news. This guy makes the news, and rightly so. This, this story should be told because I watched the video. It's appalling, and this guy needs to go to jail and never carry a gun ever again or wear that badge because it makes guys like me and the people that I know, people see us and say, oh, it's another cop. He's, he's just going to whoop my behind. You know, it's, I'm not going to trust him, and that makes my job harder. So... Things like this frustrate me probably more than even you guys because well, it I can takes underst- my validity away. I can understand why. And in fact, here's another area in which it might be frustrating to you. Imagine yourself being in this particular police department where this guy worked. And let's imagine that he was actually a uh, you know a street cop as you are intended. He was to be. until he shot that guy. No, he was a CO. Wasn't he? How did he do a traffic stop in 2006? Oh, good point. And, Thank and you. I forgot a, about and that. And shoot a deranged man on the side of the road. Thank you. 11 okay. times. Yeah, I spaced out on that. Uh, so let's let's just say you know he was at, uh, you were working with this guy and then this incident went down. Obviously, it was caught on video. You saw it. You felt the same way about it. You wouldn't really be able to say anything about it, would you? Like publicly, you would not be able to speak. You're not the spokesman for the bureaucracy. 
don't you think that that, that that essentially there would be some real consequences for you, perhaps, if this guy was well-liked in the uh, the police department? You would essentially have to keep your mouth shut, wouldn't you? Well, well first of all, I doubt that he's well-liked because just from the 30 seconds that I've seen the video, you know, I'm just making my best educated guess on what this kind of, uh, what kind of guy he is. I doubt he's well-liked because this guy are what we like to call cowboys. They go out, they just... That's this is all he wants to do the entire twelve hours he's out on the street. So mm-hmm. I doubt he's well liked, but let's just say he was. Um, it probably wouldn't frustrate me because I know that's not my job. There's somebody else with a degree in public speaking. That's all they do. I'm going to let them do it. So I, I'm the kind of guy I'm going to keep my opinions to myself anyway. But um, if somebody, yeah, I can see how some people would be frustrated that they can't speak out, but. Nothing's stopping them from going out and doing their own. They can write a blog on the Internet, things like that. But, uh, no, cops can't really just jump in front of CNN's camera and say, this is yeah. what I think. I mean, that I think that, that just bodes well for the entire department and then, therefore, the city itself. You know, there's there's a reason that we have PR people like that. I think usually the reason is to obscure the truth from people. But, nonetheless, let's continue on. What else were you calling about tonight? Uh, that was it. I just wanted to call and touch in on those subjects. So well, uh, thanks for the time, guys. Well, and talk very to you good. Later. Officer Liberty, I thank you for the call and the discussion. 800-259-9231. It's not an easy position to be in, the one that he's placed himself in. As somebody who understands the ideas of freedom, but yet is going to go into a profession in which he will spend a portion of his time infringing upon people's freedom. I think it would be a lot easier if you were the only cop in a very, very small town or perhaps the sheriff of a county where you sort of get to play by your own rules. Sure. Um, But if you're working on a municipal department, a larger police force where you're at the bottom of a ladder in terms of ranks, uh, it is a tough position to be in because you don't have a lot of discretion to exercise. The toll-free number here for you to bring up whatever you want is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And, of course, as we found out, when a law enforcement officer actually does step out and speak out about something, for instance, the war on drugs, as Bradley Jardis has done here, Officer Bradley Jardis in New Hampshire, it's not an easy situation for them to be in. But it's well worthwhile. More on the way. You can bring up whatever you want because the people who speak out are the ones who lead the change. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam, all completely free for you. So enjoy those on us at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Now, if 18 hours a week of uh, Free Talk Live isn't enough for you, you need more liberty-oriented content, you can get it on both the television side and the radio side from Nick over at freemindstv.com. Nick and uh, his friend Toby, they have just crossed the 100-episode threshold on their television show. Congratulations. 
Oh, I thanks. I personally wasn't there until I think the mid thirties in terms of episodes. Uh, but I've been there for a while, and a hundred episodes is it's a good milestone to reach. That, yep, you've certainly been the mainstay for a, for a long time on the program, and the show has experienced some great growth uh, since your addition. So I think a lot of that is certainly creditable toward uh, toward your addition to uh, to the program. And it's a great show, Free Minds TV bro- broadcast. Uh, around New England, also available online, of course, in both podcast form. Uh, of course, you guys have a radio show, Free Minds Radio. That's on a, a handful of stations across the country. Aren't you guys coming on with a new station soon? Is that that's you can't announce that yet, can you? Um, as far as the radio side, yeah, we we may, I believe so. We may be, but I can't announce anything. Pretty cool, yet. pretty cool. You, you guys are moving up in the in the radio world, which is great. And of course, uh, the television show is available on YouTube as, as well as a variety of other places. But you can get it first and foremost at freemindstv.com. So we continue here with your phone calls and talk to Kurt in Michigan. He's on the amp line. Kurt, you're on Free Talk Live. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, um, I called a, a week ago last Saturday with uh, an issue about uh, voting and consenting and yes, had, had my ideas uh, summarily dismissed. What do you mean? So, well, you, you, called, you, you called me asinine when I indicated that, that maybe somebody uh, who, who didn't vote had more of a basis to complain than someone who didn't, who did vote. I think he said the idea was asinine. That doesn't mean you are. And well, I don't I see... Yeah, I understand. But, but here's, here's my question. Well, well, first off, you know, what, what actually uh, got me to, to call was the, the uh, email from a gentleman in Juarez. Yes. And uh, um, in, in, in speaking about that, Ian, I don't know if you remember, but you, you said that government needs you to vote in order to give it the air of legitimacy. Okay. That's part of what gives it the air of legitimacy. Go ahead. Do, do you believe that that legitimacy hurts people? Do, you, do I believe that the government's legitimacy hurts people? The, the government's air of legitimacy. Do you think that it hurts people? How? What do you mean? Well, I mean, it gives them the power to do what they do. If, they, if, if people didn't view them with an air of legitimacy, they would not do what they did, right? I see where you're coming from on that. Certainly the government's uh, aura of legitimacy is critical to its acceptance by the people. If it did not have that, then they would see it for what it is, which is a common criminal gang. So, okay. yes, uh, the, the, the gang's actions hurt people, and the people allow themselves to be harmed by believing that somehow the gang's actions are justified. Now, now Mark said that he votes in self-defense. That's correct. Now, how far can you go in self-defense? What do you mean? You would go well, so far I mean, as to defend if, yourself? Well, if, but if I if I have uh, an enemy that's two miles away, I can't annex one mile square of myself and force all those people to defend me. That, that's in my self-defense, but I can't go that far, correct? Because I've become an aggressor at that point, right? Right. You can't do crazy things in self-defense. You can only do things to defend yourself. You can, right, to the point where you become an aggressor. When you become an aggressor, it's no longer self-defense, right? Okay. So once you concede that giving the air of legitimacy that your voting lends to the system hurts people, you've crossed the threshold. I never con- I did not concede that. I don't think I conceded that. I'm, I said that the gang hurts people, and people allow themselves to be hurt by believing that the gang has With, the ability or has the right to do those things. Without the legitimacy, they wouldn't be able to hurt. 
I see where you're coming from, but you have a reality to deal with here, Kurt, and that is that if we all, all of us who are listening to this show, decided to stop voting tomorrow, it would do nothing to change the status quo. Because the status quo is the bureaucrats and their friends show up every single election, they fully believe in the system, they participate in the system, and they vote to expand the system. So it doesn't matter if 0% show up, the system will perpetuate. I, I do believe I do I, I don't agree with that because I think if zero percent showed up, that means that those people are not giving legitimacy to the system. I can show you examples of zero percent showing up, and the system continues, okay. my friend. That is in a that's in a town of fifty people or a hundred people. If everybody in the country decided not to do that, right? But only good the, luck but getting that if, if everybody thing is nonsense, it's it's a, it's a non-starter. The fact is, you're not going to get is. if everybody. That's an anarchist so, fantasy, right oh, yeah, there. Yeah, absolute, um, absolutely. What you can do is what you can do in your life. You can't say, I'm going to do this because everybody's, I want everybody to do it. And you can do it for that reason. But, you know, to think that it's going to happen is ludicrous. I mean, you know, sorry, it's just not going to happen. Um, but, uh, somebody's going to vote. You, when you vote, when you vote it's, almost like, it's almost like saying, well, you know, I only threw one stone. The no, fact that the rest it's not of the saying crowd, that at all. That, wait a second. <laughs> Let me, the fact that the rest of the crowd threw the rest of the stones that caused the guy to die, well, that's, that's not me. I didn't kill him. I just threw one stone. Uh, but the th- the thing with the argument is that there have been governments that have been perceived as legitimate or have been tolerated by people since long before there was voting. And still today, there are countries like North Korea and Cuba where you cannot vote. <laughs> but the Saudi people, Arabia. the people either tolerate the government or in many circumstances, there are countries where dictators are actually legitimately uh, approved of by a majority of the population. So I, I, I think in our paradigm in America, people, they sort of correlate voting with legitimacy, but it's not necessarily the case. People will put up with a government that they can't vote for. And you cannot say, Kurt, that somebody who votes for self-defense purposes, someone who votes to minimize the damage done to him or herself is in any way throwing a stone against his or her neighbors. And Those Kurt, gangsters are going to do what they are going to do. They're going to do well, one of two violent things. If you choose something that is slightly less violent in order to reduce the amount of violence, that's not throwing a stone. It's doing I, the best you can in the circumstances. I can see how v- voting for the lesser of two evils could be considered force. Yeah, it, it, it's going along to get along. Not voting is going along to getting get, get along too. I mean, you're not you're not taking a stand, and nobody cares that you're doing it. I mean, and, you know, I'm not voting. Stand on a hill and yell. <laughs> I'm not voting. Jump up and down. Nobody cares. Look, Kurt, I'm, I'm look, with you, man. If you get a choice between Kurt, if you get a choice, Kurt, if you get a choice between Genghis Khan and Jimmy Carter, and you would be the deciding vote, and you decide not to go out and vote, I hold you responsible. Wouldn't that be throwing a stone? Essentially, I mean, if, if you're saying that checking a box on a piece of paper and trying to defend yourself is throwing a stone, then avoiding that particular vote could also be considered throwing a stone. I mean, people are going to die because you refused to vote. It's legitimizing it's legitimizing that particular form of government. Yeah, well, I, I hope but, it's not your mom that he kills. But here's, here's, here's <laughs> my, well, you know, let's not get personal here. I'm just saying, I, I hope it's not. If, if, if I just, just one more question. <laughs> if making the decision to do so and getting in your car Driving down to City Hall or the DMV or the Secretary of State, asking for an application to register to vote, reading it, hopefully, filling it out, then signing it, handing it in to them, waiting for it to come in the mail, signing the card, putting it in your wallet, and presenting it every time you vote. If that does not equal consent, what do you have to do to consent? 
that doesn't mean you've consented to anything, dude. What, what there's no, there's, all these things in order those, to there's no, there's nothing, there's no consent say, there. Well, you know what? I don't really consent to do it, even though I've gone through all these conscious actions in order to get to this place. No, because I can't mitigate my own liberty. My liberty is innate um, um, in me. And to say that because I filled out a voting card and did all the things that you said, which we don't have to do here in New Hampshire, um, uh, you know, I did all those things that somehow I can give up my essential liberty, is that's just not true. Kurt, have you ever well, been robbed you before? Can't, you can't give up your essential liberties anyway. That's impossible. Have you, uh, Kurt, have you ever been they, robbed? They are inalienable. They can only be, they can only be uh, aggressed against. Kurt, have you ever been robbed before? Okay. And uh, so if the robber decided that he was going to give you the choice between giving you your wallet back with $20 in it or giving you your wallet back with nothing left in it, and you decided to choose one of those two things, would you be consenting to the robbery? If, if I had gone out to his, his city hall to say, I'm mm -hmm. going to, to, to fill out this form in order to be able to be robbed... No. Okay, what if, what if the robber says that you have to fill out a form to get your wallet back with $20 in it? You know what, Kurt? You want to talk about consenting? Do you pay property taxes? Yeah. All right. You consented. See ya. 800-259-9231. He doesn't want to do it either. Come on. I mean, I don't want I don't want to have to vote for the lesser of I don't two want evils. to vote either, but right, exactly. I I'm don't want to pay property taxes to, you know, uh, back up some public school system that teaches kids But because you're paying because the gangsters are going to hurt you or your family doesn't mean you're consenting to the violence. Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And it is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the site. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Going right into your phone calls. Tom is on the line in New Hampshire. Tom, you are on Free Talk Live. Okay, I want to draw a couple of parallels here. Sure. If somebody uh, mugs the pharmacist on the pharmacist's way into the, uh, the store one morning, okay, and they want the pharmacist to unlock the safe so they can take out all the cash. And the pharmacist instead opens up the uh, the drug cabinet. Would it make any sense for them to just go ahead and shoot the pharmacist without even saying that they wanted to wanted the pharmacist to open up the safe? I mean, isn't it? It's customary when you're ordering people when you have people at gunpoint because you want them to do something to tell them what you want them to do, right? Sure. How else yeah. are they going to know? Now, the other thing is, if you go into a video arcade game uh, and you don't put any money in the machine and you still start operating the controls like the joystick, you can still turn this thing and move it this way and that way, and but it doesn't have any effect on what the display is going to show. The character, you can try, uh, move the joystick to try to make the character go to the left, but it, it doesn't actually cause it to happen if you didn't put any money in, right? It's got no effect whatsoever on the display, right? You are correct. Now, the same thing 
uh, is what I brought up uh, yesterday about Via Ahumada Chihuahua, where uh, three cops got killed and the rest of the cops figured out it was time to go get a job. Well, when cops are being gunned down like that, somebody has to explain to the voters, you have to legalize drugs. Okay? I agree with you. At, at that point, there's going to be a lot of bickering and arguing back and forth. See, we're the abolitionists, okay? It's true. We're right. We are morally and intellectually far superior to the ignorant, degenerate masses. And I don't know about that. I think we it's might be a little more knowledgeable on a few topics. Yeah, but it's easy to forget this thing, though, because we're so smart and we're so reasonable that we fantasize that <laughs> the ignorant masses are going to be reasonable or that they can be educated and uh, they can't. It's I think like they can. I'm control. sorry, Tom. I'm, I have to disagree. I believe in people. I am an optimist. I am somebody that uh, I at one time was ignorant as the masses are ignorant, and I was awakened from my stu- uh, my stupor, if you will. And I think that a lot of people can be awakened. It's just that they have to pay attention, and in order to pay attention, they must be surrounded, literally surrounded, by people who are echoing the liberty message. If it's on television and radio and in newsprint... And their friends are talking about it, their associates are talking about it, and their coworkers are talking about it, then eventually they're going to get it. That's not education. It's just like operate, for most of them, though, it's just like trying to operate the control of the video game. You can bicker with them till you're blue in the face. All you're going to get is, instead of compliance, you're going to get back talk like but if we legalize cocaine then we're going to have our taxes go way up because all these cocaine junkies are going to wind up on welfare and in rehab at the taxpayers yeah, well, all of those things and, and can be exp- all of those objections can be dealt with that's and right we will but, deal with them and, and why do you say mark that that's not education having people indoctrination once once uh, everybody around them oh believes- pshaw I mean, you're talking about the uh, the majority of Americans that don't vote. Who cares yeah. what they think? Here's the the thing, though, is uh, while they are, somebody has to explain to them that all of their objections, whatever they are, before they even babble them out, we've all we've heard them all before. It's just they're wasting their time trying to reason with us because we're right already. <laughs> already <laughs> hey, we're thank you, right. Tom. I appreciate <laughs> that. Eight hundred two five. Yep. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I think you should be a little more humble about your belief system. <laughs> I agree with him. I mean, it is true. I mean, it is true. If you look at the liberty belief system, the idea that you should be able to be free to live your life however you want, so long as you don't harm anybody else, what could possibly be wrong with that? How is it that you could come to that belief, to understanding liberty, and then somehow be persuaded that, you know what, that is wrong, we need to go back to coercion. There's no turning back from this viewpoint. And anybody that says they've turned away from being a libertarian so they could rejoin the ranks of the socialists or the fascists. I've never been able to interview one. I've never been able to talk to one. Jack I've heard, Thompson claimed I've heard it. two people um, do it now. Uh, there was the uh, We did interview Jack uh, Thompson. We, d- we did, but we didn't get to interview him about that. We interviewed him about being uh, you know, he, a yeah, video Yeah, that's true. He fascist. did just claim to... We let it slide. Right. Now, so, and, and the other one was a, a, ga- a scientist gal from the League of Scientists or something like that who came to testify in the courthouse on uh, the, the seatbelt, why seatbelts should be mandatory. Oh, oh, so scientists are supposedly in favor of a, a seatbelt? I don't know if she's even a scientist, if she's just perhaps yeah. a <laughs> spokesperson for the scientists. 
So we continue with your phone calls. And so, again, try to be a little humble about your belief system and try to remember that at one time you may have been as ignorant about liberty as the person that you're talking to. We continue with Dan in Indiana. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey. Yeah, I, I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage because I just tuned into the show right uh, right before the news break came on. Uh, but I did see something that you had typed in one of the uh, to freeking.com regarding uh, a caller that had called in earlier tonight. I want to comment on that uh, regarding a, uh, a questionnaire, a public servant's questionnaire. So I don't know if anybody had had uh, called in the show after that. So, like I said, I'm at a disadvantage here. No, nope, so. nobody called about it. Essentially, for those just tuning in, it was uh, somebody called in to suggest that we Google public service, or excuse me, public servant questionnaire. And it's essentially a document, a one-page document that you can hand to any bureaucrat that is demanding your time and say, I'll consider answering your questions as soon as you uh, fill this paperwork out. And it asks them all sorts of, it cites all kinds of their laws and rules and asks them all kinds of questions about what their intents are and where they get, they're getting their information. and just It's just really, uh, I think it's a, a brilliant idea. Oh, yeah. In fact, I wanted to, to uh, elaborate on that just a bit sure. because uh, you, you, you guys remember me. I've called in the show a few times and stuff, and I have an idea for this, an idea for that. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. What's your, what are your thoughts? Well, I was thinking um, just, just the things they could do. I mean, uh, if free staters have got those in their car or freedom activists, we'll just use whatever term you guys are comfortable with, um, they get stopped. And you had, you had mentioned lots of times before, the guy asking the questions is the guy that's in charge. And if you're asking the questions before Mr. Cop gets to answer, ask his questions, you, you, are, you are sitting in the driver's seat. Okay? It's true. It's a tricky thing to do, but one worth, uh, something and worth if, practicing. Okay. And if, and if he's being uh, recorded, too. And that's, that's the, that's the one-two punch on this guy right here, that, that you know, they are being recorded. And, he, you know, if he says, well, I'm going to be... and gets all lippy with you and everything... He's going to have to answer somebody, you know. He's going to have to answer somebody for, for, for treating um, folks that way. Um, also, if we have any kind of a, a protest, and I'm still going to make it up there. I had some car problems, so, uh, so I'm still stuck here in Indiana, but um, I'm going to make another stab at it. But, um, but uh, whenever you have any kind of a protest or anything like that or any type of activity or event, uh, you know, the cops come up there to hassle you. You know, you're already recording them and stuff. You know, hey, hey, how come you, uh, how come you guys are here on Railroad Square? How come you're, you know, having an illegal puppet show? It's like, well, Mr. Cop, uh, would you mind answer, uh, answering these before I answer your questions? <laughs> then he gets lippy with you and everything, and it makes him look like such a schmuck. <laughs> I think it's you, a great. You guys idea. got me on this and stuff. And not only that. Um, It'll make them look bad. Uh, I think the media. Should well, they make themselves look too. bad. They, it's, they, we don't have to make them look bad. They do it all on their own. All we have to do is hold the video cameras and record it, right. uh, record it happening, like Dave Ridley did earlier this morning. You can see his footage at freekeen.com. Oh, yes, I did see some of his footage and everything, and and he's one of the bravest guys and stuff I've ever met. He's my hero too. I yeah, Dave Ridley is anything. a hero, and he's very courageous. And I hope his courage infects others and encourages them to start doing Dave Ridley-esque things in their their own instances of civil disobedience and, and okay. activism and street theater and things like that. And, Dan, yeah. thank you for the call tonight. Oh, you're welcome, Joe. Yes, sir, 800-259-9231. Because it's my understanding that Dave Ridley is considering uh, essentially retiring from the civil disobedience ring. Really? Uh, maybe I misunderstood what he was saying, but I believe he has said that this may be his last intended arrest, at least for the foreseeable future. Perhaps he wants to focus more on doing his Ridley reports and doing the reporting. And Jail can get in the way of doing other things. There's no doubt about that. So again, that's why I say, 
hopefully Dave and his actions will inspire others to pick up the ball, so to speak, and continue on. More coming up. You bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The 57th running of America's legendary sports car classic runs Saturday, March the 21st at Sebring International Raceway. The mobile 12 hours of Sebring presented by Fresh from Florida features the fastest race cars in the world. Gates open Wednesday, March the 18th, for four days of action, culminating in the big 12-hour classic on Saturday, March the 21st. For ticket information, visit SebringRaceway.com. Sebring, the biggest sports car race of them all. SebringRaceway.com. 800-259-9231. So, let's talk about what the so-called experts, at least the ones that claim to be over at Harvard, have to say about the people that believe in freedom. Apparently, they think we're crazy. What's going on, Mark? This is from uh, CatoAtLiberty.org. Okay. Um, see, it's, it's entitled, Is Libertarianism a Sign of Mental Illness? It's by uh, Daniel J. Mitchell. I don't know whether this belongs in the comic relief category or the future threats category, but the Harvard Law School is having a conference to analyze the free market mindset. The basic premise of the conference seems to be that people who believe in limited government are psychologically troubled. The conference schedule yeah. <laughs> The conference schedule features presentations such as how thinking like an economist undermines community. Whoa. And uh, to me, econ- uh, you know, the, the study of economics is the, the study, study of, of human, human interactions. Yeah. I mean, you know, a cum- uh, community is the interactions of humans and uh, uh, economists study those interactions. Hmm. No, wow. I, you know, I, I, I don't understand. And addicted to incentives, how the ideology of self-interest can be self-fulfilling. That's the point, isn't it? To be fulfilled in the your idea life? That, the idea that you're going to get humans to act in any, uh, act differently, you know, act contrary to incentives is ludicrous. And it's been proven over and over again that you cannot do this. Right. The, the communist the, attempts have proven this. That's where the mental illness lies. To think that you're going to control human beings to that level, I mean, it's megalomania. It, it, mm-hmm. I think to a large extent, it's. Uh, I don't want to get into liberalism versus conservatism or anything, but it seems to be the left's attempt to take moralism and twist it for their own purposes. Yeah. Because there is an assault on the idea that you would act in your own self-interest, even if you're not hurting anybody. Just in my day-to-day life, I, you know, I try to make money and save money and do the best I can for me, and my primary motivation is to take care of me. That's somehow evil and bad, and they've kind of swiped that from organized religion and tried to convert it into a way to sell socialism and government control. Well, it is a way to sell socialism and government control. It's, it's a pretty successful one. Um, but it's short-sighted because, I mean, if you are helping yourself, you are, by proxy, helping your community. Because yeah, if you're helping yourself, that. you are taking care of yourself. You aren't The so-called community doesn't have to support you through some sort of welfare program. You're not a burden on anybody. And your wealth, you can pass on to those who are in need. But again, they don't think any further than the initial, hey, you're rich, that's bad! Well, you know, they don't even seem to want anybody to make any money 
money, whether they're rich, middle class, or whatever. They want poor people to be, uh, you know, beholden to the state. They want uh, middle class people to have to pay so much of their wealth that they, you know, never have an opportunity to rise above that. And they want rich people, uh, you know, scourged. So. I don't know. It's it's insanity to me. Yeah, it also seems like there's a disconnect where they don't a lot of people don't recognize the fact that when people either give to charity or help someone else, they're doing it because they want to. So even if you're helping somebody else, what a lot of people would call selfless acts, to me you're still doing that out of self-interest. Absolutely. If you're doing it because that's what you've decided you want to do with your time, it makes your you life. feel good. Yeah. I mean, just because you're doing something good doesn't mean it's not in your self-interest. Yeah. And, you know, as, as far as charities go, many of them help people that can't um, that can't help themselves. But the ones that are helping people that are sort of, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure if they can help themselves or not. I think they do a disservice to the community and to those people, personally. Well, thank goodness that it feels good when you give to charity, because if it didn't feel good, people wouldn't do it as often, would they? I mean, it's good to feel good. There's nothing wrong with that. Anyway... The most we should all suffer, because that's the way a community should be. We'll, we'll all suffer. And, and it's always in the name of the community, as though so, you know somebody knows what's best for the community, as though they can guide and uh, decide. I mean, if the community got to decide on whether or not we had fire, do you think we'd have fire? Someone could hurt themselves with that. I mean, that stuff's dangerous. I, you know... The- you need a license for that fire, sir. We do not need consensus. Actually, they do have fire licenses. They have fire permits. They, so they, they're they trying their very best, yes. Yeah. They're trying to control fire. Right. As a matter of fact, I got one of these <laughs> uh, these fire permits because I figured that it, you know, it, it must be able to protect me and my house from burning up if I've gotten a permit for you it. You can hold the permit in front of the fire, and then you know, it'll stay back well, I like threw a it vampire. Right, in the fi- right there in the fire in front of the guy, and it just went up in flames. I said, <laughs> this permit isn't fireproof. What are you doing? <laughs> He looked at me like I was crazy. You, you burned a fire permit in front of a government bureaucrat? Yes. That's a great story. Did you tell me that before? I, I did. Oh, okay. The most absurd presentation, though, may be the one entitled Colossal Failure, the Output Bias of Market Economies. I don't know why that's the most uh, absurd presentation. According to the description, the author argues that the market delivers excessive levels of consumption. The market does. It gives us too much stuff that, that we want. Right. Yes, you should not be able to have everything you want. You Darn only those have entrepreneurs for creating so many good things that we <laughs> yes. want. Darn them for helping people and delivering good things to their lives. How dare they satisfy their customers? Who do they think they are? And to make profit at the same time. <sighs> you know, and, and I understand that some people don't like the internal combustion engine, for instance, or hairspray cans, or whatever it is that you may not like that the market delivers to someone somewhere. Yeah. However, everything that you like, the market delivers to you, too, mm-hmm. unless it's some kind of feeling you get from being around someone you love. However, that person that you love would be living in the mud in a cave somewhere if it wasn't for the marketplace. Mm-hmm. But we're crazy. Yeah. In the good old days of Soviet dictatorship, the regime <laughs> classified... Where is this from, this story? Cato. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, in Cato the, in the good old old days of Soviet dictatorship, the regime classified dissidents as being mentally ill. Mm-hmm. You need all, an evaluation. Right. And that's how they're going to do it here Re-education. What's that? All, you don't want to join the national the Obama's new national service program, kids? Well, we're just going to have to lock you up here in this uh, mental health facility and yeah, check you, you out. Yeah, how dare you not want to serve your country? I and mean, that's how it'll be. That's how it'll be framed. These kids don't want to serve their country. 
They need to go to the re-education camps. Anti-social behavior. They already term a lot of behavior that the government doesn't like. In Britain, they term it anti-social behavior. Mm -hmm. So they're already trying to to frame it as a mental health issue or behavioral issue rather than the fact that those people didn't feel like following those particular laws, whether they were good or bad. And they have enforcers for the anti-social behavior laws already over there. What they call them, ASBOs, I think. Yeah, they, they do have an enforcement wing. Yep. Yeah, as as though the government has any idea what the right thing is to do in any given situation. Baffling. So, now that the leftists at Harvard want to portray laissez-faire philosophy as being somewhat akin to a mental disorder, maybe the next step will be re-education camps for Cato staff. Maybe the next stimulus bill could include a few earmarks for such facilities. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I get some place warm. This is from uh, Daniel Mitchell. Mm. I think, thought that was very clever and it kind is. of interesting. Well said. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But don't be confused. Just because he happened to be picking on the liberals doesn't mean the conservatives are without blame either. They are big government people, as we will prove in moments. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. Once again, toll-free, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And you can join us on our website, uh, including, uh, the features, by the way, include updates. So get signed up, and we give them uh, to you for free. Updates.freetalklive.com to find out what's happening with the show when it happens at updates.freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? Privacyharbor.com is an email alternative that's private, confidential, and guaranteed privacyharbor.com because normal email is not secure. You get a free account today at privacyharbor.com. So last night and tonight we discussed the siren song of the Republicans just kind of offhand mentioning that they say one thing and they do another. And anybody that's been paying attention should know this by now. Of course, most people don't pay close attention to what actually goes on, especially when their team is in Washington doing what they believe they should be doing. Again, those who have been watching know that when the Republicans got in control of the government, as they were in control for, was it six years of the eight years of the Bush administration? Yes, that's the way I recall it. They certainly had every opportunity they ever could have wanted to do whatever small government things they'd always talked about doing, and they did the opposite. So all of the evidence is there, but it bears pointing out now, especially when their siren song is as seductive and as sexy to those who are interested in smaller government than it ever has been. Because, well, Barack Obama just seems like such an awful socialist kind of guy, and the Republicans sure do sound like they're saying the right things. And I saw some uh, saw the the Freetarian recently post something to his YouTube. I didn't actually get a chance to watch the. The video, but free, the Freetarian is also known as Val Venus. He's a, a world wrestling entertainment superstar, and he's a listener of this program. But I was a little concerned for him because the title of the video is Alan Keyes is Right. 
And, you know, maybe Alan Keyes in that video does say things that are right. Maybe he's really railing against the Democrats, and maybe he's absolutely right with whatever it is that he has said. That could all be very true. But one should be very careful when promoting these politicians who we know have engaged in things that have nothing to do with making the government smaller. So it's nice that he's right, but we all know what he would do if he were in the same position. He'd drastically increase the size of the state. What has he been voting for all of this time? I mean, he's in the, was it he a senator? or is, I know he's one of the senator or representative. He, I think he was a congressman at one point, and he might increase, you know, Alan Keyes, not a typical Republican, but certainly he would be increasing the size of government in other places than what the administration is currently. Alan Keyes, not very tolerant of other people's lifestyles, kind yes. of in favor of theocracy, like, yep. like probably about as bad as you can get with that stuff, so... You know, not somebody I would get behind, although sometimes he does say stuff that I agree with, so. I just, just caution, just a caution to those who are hearing these things and thinking, well, maybe those Republicans have really found their principles now. Here's a story from LewRockwell.com that ties in here. This from Michael Tennant. Socialism, the rallying cry of Republicans opposing the stimulus bill just signed by President Obama. It was also late into the or it was also late in the game the rallying cry of John McCain and his supporters last fall especially after the Joe the plumber incident they're undoubtedly correct that this law and Obama's plans in general are leading us even further down the road to serfdom although from an economic standpoint it's as least as much fascist as it is socialist not that the distinction matters greatly for the two are in uh, are the same in principle. While it's good to see some actual GOP opposition to government growth again, it's very difficult to take it seriously. Here, for example, is just a sampling of the socialist programs and policies instituted and or supported by a significant number of Republicans, with Ron Paul frequently being the lone exception. Here's the list. Social Security. Now, keep this in mind over the next four years, the next uh, several years of this Obama administration, as you hear all of the things the Republicans will be saying. Republicans may not have started this program, and occasionally they will speak of its insolvency, but they seem to have no real problem with its continuation. The best we get out of them is Bush's stillborn plan to give those of us forced into Social Security the option of diverting a small portion of the loot stolen from us into various government-approved investments. Given the current state of the stock market, we should be grateful that this plan never got off the ground. Imagine the bailouts to all the individual Social Security investors who expected to get ever-increasing returns on their investments. Name the last Republican who spoke of abolishing rather than shoring up or reforming. Social Security. Remember, you can't name Ron Paul. Oh, don't hear anything. Can't really okay. Have one. Yeah. Me- moving on. Medicare. Not only does the GOP not suggest ridding us of this blatantly socialist takeover of the health care system, but George W. Bush, with the support of many members of his own party, pushed through Medicare prescription drug coverage, the largest new entitlement program in four decades. Again, there is talk of fixing or saving Medicare, but no talk of ending it. All the while, Republicans try to convince us that they and they alone are standing between us and the Democrats' plans to nationalize health care. Welfare. Yes, we have welfare reform, but where is the welfare repeal? Add a few mild work requirements to the program, and the GOP is on board. 
faith-based initiatives. Getting religious charities on the government dole was another Bush policy that seemed to please much of his base, as long as their preferred charities were the ones robbing the rest of us. Sure, it meant that those charities had to water down their messages, but it was worth it to see that liberal charities didn't get their hands in the till. Proof of the socialist nature of these programs is that Obama intends to retain and to expand upon them, in the process forcing charities to distance themselves even further from their religious underpinnings and become arms of the state. Public education. In 1994, the GOP promised that they would rid us of the Department of Education. Instead, we got Bush's No Child Left Behind Act, greatly increasing the school, uh, the control of the education system from Washington, D.C. Every once in a while, some Republican will timidly suggest school vouchers or tuition tax credits to allow parents to send their children to the schools of their choice. But in these programs, especially the vouchers, lie the same dangers for private elementary and secondary schools that private colleges and universities whose students accept federal money have already experienced. In any event, Republicans seem, and that is that, to explain that, that is that the government, in giving the money, gets to attach strings that get to control how the schools are run. In effect, making the schools arms of the state. Anyway, in any event, Republicans seem uninterested in reducing federal control over the education system. For that matter, when was the last time you heard a Republican suggest curtailing or eliminating state control of any level of schooling? Um, I, I actually, would you mean a Republican politician? Preferably at the national level, I think. Yeah, nah. Infrastructure. Where are the Republicans demanding that Uncle Sam get out of the road and bridge building business? Where are those demanding even a cutback in such spending? Republican President Dwight Eisenhower gave us the interstate highway system, a fact to which most GOP stalwarts point with pride. Even scarcer is the Republican at the state or local level voicing the opinion that perhaps the government of which he is a part is doing us all a disservice by continuing to maintain socialist infrastructure to the exclusion of all competitors. That's certainly something that they won't even touch with a 10-foot pole. Law enforcement. Oh, they will never come after these guys, right? These are the holiest of the holy, except for the military, of course, of government bureaucracies to the Republicans. Republicans are always the first to defend the police, the FBI, and other government agencies whenever any allegations of abuse or wrongdoing are lodged against them. They have shown great eagerness to increase local, state, and federal cops' powers and immunities, especially if they can use the excuse of fighting wars on drugs or terrorism. They passed the Patriot Act with alacrity when the opportunity presented itself, and Bush aggrandized with his fellow Republicans' approval much unconstitutional power to the executive branch, which, by the way, Obama is going to use to his benefit now, including the ability to imprison people indefinitely on the president's say-so. They even granted retroactive immunity to telecommunications companies that had assisted the Bush administration in violating the Constitution by eavesdropping on Americans' telephone calls. Oh, but wait, there's more. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com and get on board for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing more internet listeners on board Helping expose people, new people, to the ideas of freedom. If that's valuable to you and you want to help us out, just go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can use any major credit card. You can use your bank account, PayPal, all kinds of different uh, options to help fund our efforts here on Free Talk Live. And you get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, all over at amp.freetalklive.com. AdamEve.com features over 18,000 adult entertainment products. Toys as low as six ninety-five. lingerie. 350 movies starting at just 5 bucks. All you have to do is go over there and you can use code FTL to save 50% off of your order. And with an order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's AdamEve.com, code FTL. 800-259-9231. We are continuing here with a list of socialism straight from the Republicans because they're trying to get you to believe that they care about small government as they tend to do especially when the Democrats are in control they s- tend to uh, speechify real effectively about small government but never actually do anything about it. in fact they do the opposite when given the reins of power in DC time and experience has proven this to be the case but they're hoping that you'll forget about it they're hoping that you'll forgive them and give them another chance. They found their principles. Truly, this time you can believe what they say. I say, look at what they've done and judge for yourself. We've been going through this list here from LewRockwell.com. And I'm, it's just a partial list, mind you, of some of the more recent socialist, tyrannical things that Republicans have been involved in. And Mr. Tennant continues with his description of how it is that whatever it is law enforcement wants, of course the Republicans back that up. No, no, uh, in, no expanse, uh, expansion is too small uh, for these people. Or too large. Or too large. I mean, they, they, it's always more, 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 more laws, more law enforcement, more military. Oh, we're going to get to the military. This is just law enforcement. Anyway, so talking about how the Bush administration violated the, that pesky constitution by eavesdropping on Americans' telephone calls with the assistance, of course, of noted socialist Mr. Obama. Give even the slightest hint that you think law enforcement agencies should be curtailed or certain criminal statutes repealed, like the war on drugs, and Republicans will be the first to denounce you as soft on crime or with the terrorists. And don't even suggest that private security could do a better job than their government security. Financial bailouts. Republicans maintain that the abuses at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac could have been prevented by better oversight, which the Democrats opposed. They did not say that these abuses could have been prevented by abolishing Fannie and Freddie and various other government loan programs. Bush had, in fact, exacerbated the problem with his now laughably named American Dream Down Payment Act of 2003, which allowed people to obtain. (laughs) Sorry. It allowed people to obtain mortgages with no down payment and even without mortgage payments for the first two years. Wow. That's a hell of a that's a dream, all right. Right, and now the Republicans Give me some of that American dream. Right, and now the Republicans are upset because Obama's doing the same thing on the back end. Bush did away, he gave a welfare program to people on the front end of a mortgage, and now they're upset because Obama's doing the same thing on the back end. 
But, of course, no one remembers the American Dream Down Payment Act. I'd, I'd never even heard of it, quite honestly. Me neither. How I, many? I remember it, but I... It's probably for poor people. Yeah. Uh, you know, how, how many Republicans are aware of that? I mean, again, how... Can they be fooled again? Of course they can. Absolutely. A lot of them didn't... I don't want to say they didn't realize that the Bush administration was doing all these things, but they somehow managed to look the other way on yep. it. It's not like... It's not like they missed it. They just didn't want to look at it. They're honestly. too busy cheering for killing brown people in the Middle East. They, you know, I wasn't happy about the, uh, the, the the Bush administration at all. But I can tell you that I began to feel the choking pinch when it became voting time. And you know, back in uh, 2008 when we voted for president, um, uh, you know, it, I, I can feel it. Like it's like, oh my God. We can't let the Democrats get in. We can't. We can't. They'll, they'll we. bring in the fair doctrine. Who's we? Well, I, I'm just saying. That's how it feels. You've been programmed, my friend. So yes, pretty successfully, I must say, because I, I don't even believe what these people say, and I still feel the pinch. Don't forget now that Bush, of course, also stumped for and signed into the law the Troubled Asset Relief Program, which gave the Secretary of the Treasury $700 billion to hand out at will. Even Obama's latest outrage on this front, yet another mortgage bailout, originated with a Republican. According to Ileana Mercer, only a week or two back, she explains, Minority Whip Senator Mitch McConnell proposed a similar scheme whereby the government would lower home loan in, uh, interest rates and guarantee the loans. One doubts that the Republicans would be crying socialism had McConnell's plan come up for a vote. Oh, and of course, we can't leave out the military. This undoubtedly is the socialist program that is most beloved of the Republicans. They may be willing to admit that in all other instances, government is wasteful, inefficient, and bungling, and that it usually fails to solve the problems it sets out, uh, sets out to solve, while simultaneously creating new ones. But when it comes to the armed forces, suddenly all that skepticism melts away into an infatuation worthy of Romeo and Juliet. Maybe the Pentagon does spend a wee bit too much on screwdrivers and toilet seats, and perhaps even certain actions taken by the boys in uniform, such as Abu Ghraib, have negative effects. But those are just aberrations in an otherwise stellar record, according to the Republicans. Every good Republican knows that the U.S. military always acts in the best interest, not just of America, but of the entire world. As far as the GOP is concerned, defense spending must never be cut. No matter how out of proportion it is, uh, rather, to the actual threats of our country, uh, or to the threats that our country faces, or to the spending of the rest of the world, and one must never, ever criticize the military. To cut the military's budget or to suggest that it might be just as wasteful, just as inefficient, and just as bungling as the rest of the government is to hate the troops and to blame America first. One wouldn't expect private defense to enter these people's minds, but few Republicans are even willing to consider constraining either the Pentagon's spending or its adventurism. All other government programs are fair game for cutting and criticism, but the military is sacrosanct. Yep. But of it's, course, it's Republican welfare. But as we've seen in the last seven different uh, examples that we've had here, clearly the other programs are just as sacrosanct because nobody... In the Republican Party has laid on the table anything as far as cutting or eliminating any of those programs, from Social Security to public education. Yeah, it was the Democratic uh, under the Democratic president that uh, welfare reform came about. It's true. One could probably make a list ten times as long of all the socialist institutions supported by the very same Republicans who now pose as defenders of capitalism. They are correct that Obama's plans are socialist in nature, but they fail to see or conveniently forget 
that they too are guilty of giving America a huge push down the slope of socialism. While their opposition to the stimulus is welcome, it's a bit like Bugs Moran's criticizing Al Capone for bumping off his enemies. Unfortunately, we the taxpayers are the ones who were massacred on this St. Valentine's Day. I guess he wrote that on Valentine's Day? Nope, on the 24th. Anyway, 800-259-9231. So, just a, just a gentle reminder for, for those of you out there who might be getting caught up in all of this. Tea party! We're going to have a tea party! We're going to really show those Democrats! You just elect some Republicans next time and we're going to go in there and clean the house out! Come on now. Really? I mean, that's what the Republicans have been saying for a long time now, and they've had two chances at but it. But now they there's a tea party, Nick. <laughs> now they've dumped tea into the river, and they're serious about it this time. Can't you see? Can't you tell the difference? These guys are changing. Yeah, they want a marginal tax, top marginal tax rate of maybe 35% instead of 37.5%. Right, I mean, so that's really the difference you're talking about. The, and the top marginal tax rate doesn't really concern me. I've never been in it. You know, so that's, that, I, I don't understand why that uh, seems to be something they fight so hard for, unless, well, they are really only out for the rich. Uh, you know, um, I think they're out for themselves more than anything, mm-hmm. and the rich are good people to have on your side if you want to win re-election. That much is true. And the rich are them anyway. I mean, most they of these guys are, are pretty they, privileged. They, they're yeah. worried about that tax rate because, in many cases, that's what they're yeah. paying. It's just to me, it's proof that there's nothing that can be done on the federal level. That the, yep. the uh, you know, you there is no hope that the the monster that is uh, the this democratic republic that we have, uh, just devouring as much money and as much of people's time and their lives as it possibly can, can't be stopped on the federal level. It's just too big. So the only thing you can do is secede. And I do think the Republicans here in New Hampshire are better than the ones that we have on a national level. That's true. There's no doubt about that. The Democrats in New Hampshire are better than the ones on a national level. That's true, too. I agree. Uh, and, And the only hope is to secede. Or to nullify, or whatever the hell you want to call it, to get the hell out of this federal government scam. All right, it has been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.